Welcome back. WABC Talk Radio 77 in New York. James Golden, a.k.a. Snurdy, here with you. It is my distinct pleasure to introduce many of you to a man that you have heard for decades, but maybe not known. Omar Hakeem is here. If you listen to that drum track on David Bowie's Let's Dance, it is iconic. On so many hits, so many artists, this guy is that sound. Omar, how are you this morning, bro? I am great. Good morning. <laughs> yeah, man. It's so good to finally have you on, man. This is, uh, I've been looking forward to this. Now, Omar, you started playing professionally at 12 years old. You're 12 how years old. Ten, how about 10 years old? Whoa. That's right. Because the, the when I first became aware of you, it was Omar Hakim, the 12-year-old sensation. But you, you're, so your first professional gig was at ten years old, with with my dad, Hassan Hakim. That's right. And then you, your career has been one of just sheer brilliance. Whether it's on the jazz side with Weather Report, uh, the Sting years that you did, you played with. The list goes on and on. Madonna, Stevie Wonder. Everybody, Anita, Lionel, if you go today, Josh Stone, if you go, it's how did you manage to cover all of those genres of music and become successful at every one of them? Wow. Well, I what happened when I was young, I realized that I didn't want to be typecast stylistically as a musician as a drummer. I didn't want people to think of me as just a rock drummer or just a jazz drummer or just a R&B drummer. You know, in New York City, when you're trying to uh, make it as a musician, uh, particularly if you're interested in um, working in recording studios, um, one of the things that I learned to do early on is not say no to a gig. <laughs> when, <laughs> when they call... The answer is always yes. Once, once I got a call from some guys in Brooklyn, some uh, Jamaican guys that had a reggae band. Now, I wasn't. I loved reggae music, but I didn't really have experience playing reggae music around 15 to 16 years old. But when they called, the guy says, "Hey, man, can you play reggae?" I said, "Yes, <laughs> I, I can play reggae." I hung up that phone and went right to the record shop. And got and bought every reggae record I could get my hands on and studied that whole week because that is survival in New York City, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and that is how I sort of immersed myself in a lot of different styles of music, and it's really because I just loved music so much. I was obsessed as a kid with music, with listening to records. So for me, you know, playing jazz with my dad. That was sort of like the first musical language I learned. But with my friends, we're playing the R&B and funk and rock hits of the day. So I was getting this steady diet of all of these styles. And, and, and as a kid, I was a sponge. And I think that as I matured on the instrument, all of these um, language cues became part of my style. Right. And so what was your big break? 
Hmm. My big break was uh, at 16 years old, uh, I stumbled into an audition for Patti LaBelle and her group, LaBelle. And she hired me on the spot at the audition, audition at 16 years old. Blew my mind. Wow. Uh, and um, And then I also, though, before that, uh, at 15 years old, I did my first tour in an opening band. Uh, the artist's name was Jay Mason. Jay Mason, yeah. The music director was a brilliant musician from Jamaica, Queens, New York, named Denzel Miller, uh, who took me under his wing and took me on my first tour of America. And that tour in 1974, we were opening for a brand new band that just got signed to RCA Records called Hall and Oates. Whoa. <laughs> and it was amazing to watch those guys every night. A part of that tour was also a really fun 50s band called Shanana. Everybody remember Shanana? <laughs> oh, yeah. They were hysterical. But also, uh, we played, we opened for. Um, I think we did gigs with Sly. I remember doing opening a couple of gigs with Sly. Uh, we did gigs with a West Coast band called Cold Blood. Oh, they were incredible. An, an incredible band that uh, a lot of the members of that band eventually ended up in Tower of Power. So I was getting a really, at, at 15 years old, I was exposed uh, to the professional on the road life. And, uh, of course, playing every night in that context makes you very strong because, you know, these these rock and roll shows, you know, they go on, man, for hours. <laughs> you know, it's like, okay, you, you get it together real fast. I want to talk to you about, with the limited time we have, about Sting and about Weather Report and all that. But sure. the purpose of the call was mm. to talk about this upcoming gig that you are going to be part of, and that mm -hmm. is for one of your friends. Uh, Taylor Hawkins, can you tell That's us what's right. going on with that? Yeah, um, my dear friend Taylor Hawkins, who's a drummer for the band The Foo Fighters, passed away a couple of months, as most people know, because it was in the news, it was everywhere, and it just really crushed us, man. Um, I got a call from Dave Grohl um, soon after that. In fact, like, he and I are pretty much in touch all the time anyway as friends. Um, and I played on their last record, Medicine at Midnight. Uh, we had a lot of fun together in the studio. I had a lot of fun hanging with Taylor. I mean, I, I met those guys back in 2011 when they released the uh, Wasting Light album. Um, and we've been friends ever since. Um, so this was just a crushing blow uh, to the band, to, to the families, to myself, um, and when Dave called me and said, dude, can you participate in this this memorial concert that we're going to do for Taylor? It's, it's like, you know, of course, of course, I'm there. Whatever you need, just say the word. And so when is that? When are those concert dates happening and where? Okay, so the first show is going to be in London at Wembley Stadium on September 3rd. And there's a bunch of guests that are going to show up. All of all of the people that Taylor admired and and grew up listening to, like Queen, um, Alanis Morissette, 
uh, who was uh, one of his first professional gigs. Um, I, I heard that um, the, the guys from Led Zeppelin are going to even show up. Uh, wow. Alex, oh, man, that, that's, that blew my mind. Um, now Rogers is going to show up. Uh, Chrissy Hine will be there. Uh, Dave told me um, Paul McCartney might even come to the London gig. Um, it's just it's like a star-studded uh, cast and, and crew of people who love Taylor and who Taylor loved. Uh, and then the next show is a show on this side of the pond in Los Angeles at the Kia Center, I believe is the name of the venue in Los Angeles. Yeah. Uh, and it's going to be the 26th and 27th. They just added a second show to that because the first one sold out so quickly. Um, so we've got two shows in L.A., September 26th and 27th. Wonderful. <clears throat> so here's what we're going to do, Omar. We're going to stay in touch with you during those shows okay. and, and get and mm. get your take as it goes on. Time is running okay. short today. And then I want to invite you back. Let's do a podcast or something so we can talk about this amazing career that you have. Because your career, oh, I mean, you wrote uh, one of my favorites of yours, and I have so many, Omar, really. One of my favorites of your compositions won a Grammy for George Benson. That's called Not Being With You. You have right. played with Stevie, and the your Stevie Wonder stories are hilarious. I think t- <laughs> we have two minutes. Try to when you first met Stevie, at least in the studio. Tell us about that a little bit. Okay, so there, there was a recording studio in, in New York City, very famous, called the Hit Factory. Uh, and I was in a little one-hit wonder band in the seventies called Harlem River Drive. We did one hit single for Arista Records. That second one eluded us, but. In the process of that, I got to work at the Hit Factory all the time with the chief engineer, a guy named Ed Sprague. And I fell in love with the studio, the process, and uh, and I would go and hang out with Ed. So one day I called after school, and Ed said, you need to get down here right now because Stevie Wonder's here, and he's playing drums. And I was like, whoa. Let me. So I got on the train, went flying down to the Hit Factory. He introduces me to Stevie, and... Um, slaps some headphones on my head and puts me right in the room with Stevie at like, you know, three feet sitting next to him at the drum set. And that was amazing. Fast forward a few years, Stevie hired me for a recording session and he called at like two in the morning because he doesn't have a light cue. So he's the, your, your phone is going to ring from him at any time of day or night. And I said, uh, he said, can you come to the studio now? And I said, it's two o'clock. He said, good. See you in an hour. so so i get i get to the studio bleary-eyed and we do a great session in fact the song was uh, all i do is think about you remember that james yes of course yeah it was a demo it was a demo for that song so we get done at about seven in the morning and so stevie says to me omar uh how are you going to get home because i'm i'm like 19 i didn't have a car at the time and I said, well, I guess I'll just take the, the bus and the train like I did to come. He goes, yeah, you know, I would drive you home, man. But the last time I tried to do that, I almost got us all killed. <laughs> <laughs> and that was Stevie, always cracking jokes, just a hilarious character, and, of course, a mad genius of music. 
Wow. Omar Hakeem, thank you again. We look forward to those people that want to hang out at the uh, Foo Fighters. And this is with Foo Fighters and, 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 and the Hawkins family are presenting these concerts. Yes. I love so- that band, man. That is like one of my all-time favorite bands. So to get invited to hang with them and to, to honor my friend Taylor, you know, I told them I'm there in a heartbeat. Wonderful. And we will be doing more, folks. You've just heard the beginning. This man has an amazing history. Omar Hakeem, thank you for joining us this morning. Thank you. WABC Talk Radio 77 in New York, James Golden. This is another one of Omar's sessions. You might recognize it. Dire Straits, Money for Nothing, takes us into the break. Coming out of the break, your calls will take us home. If you're on hold, stay on hold. We're going to get to as many of you as possible on this, our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. Coming right back.